Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I mean, the reality of it is, is that you know, we've paid upwards of $4,000 for an individual post before. And, you know, it, it was the right person. It was the right size of an audience. Um, very well-known um, chef in the vegan world. You know, things like this, if it's not just, you know, you can find a million people that fit that profile, the scarcity of who the influencer is and who they represent really will determine the price. Your common foodie today, right, there's a lot of foodie accounts that exist on Instagram. That's really where Instagram took off was in a lot, a lot of these visually stimulating uh, images, right? So that's food, that's fashion, that's travel. So there's a ton of profiles. The biggest thing is, is that it's speaking authentically to your audience. And in order to do that, you really have to build a relationship with the audience and constantly give to them. And not only that, but also respond when they reach out. So that's what we really try to look for are the people that, you know, for example, they just have that trust ready established. So back to your question on micro macro, basically 50,000 followers is kind of the cusp of where you get into the macro versus the micro. Um, anything kind of sub 50,000 is where we like to play um, because a lot of the folks less than 50,000 represent themselves. They're not going through an agency. They don't have uh, somebody who's their representative or agent. Um, it's just a lot easier to uh, do the activations and also work with them on more of a personal basis. How you day, how you day, back at it again. As you just heard, one of the topics that we'll be diving into is the influencer marketplace. What exactly are brands looking for? How can influencers stand out? And we also dive into his entrepreneurship mindset. How can you build a business that reflects the world that surrounds you? How can you make sure you source and build the right type of talent for your organization to ensure that you're building an authentic relationship? All these things will be discussed. And also, it's fun to have friends of the show visit. You know, when I first had him, he was really starting this influencer journey. And now to see where he's, he's built it, to see the transformation is taken and to see the maturity that he's had with his business and partnerships uh, is really inspirational. So I hope this is something to get your weekend started off right. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today we have a two-timer. This is the second time on the show. We have Jason Will. Uh, you know him as a speaker and a digital strategist, but he's also the CEO of Zipkick. The last time he was here, we talked about Zipkick and what they do. We're going to be talking more about his new platform and how he allows freelancers across the globe to connect and collaborate. We'll also dive into different ways he uh, diversifies his influencer base. 
But the overall theme of this interview would be talking about the future of media and marketing and how to rise above the noise. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. Well, the pleasure is mine. Uh, we were talking earlier and you, you just said, you know, you, you ran a half marathon and you know, you're dealing with the, the repercussions, I guess. <laughs> it's just so funny how as an entrepreneur, you think that you can tackle anything head on and all of a sudden you <laughs> tackle it head on. And then afterwards you're like, wow, that was a little bit harder than I thought, but you know, thank goodness I made it through. So it's just that entrepreneurial mentality that seems to creep into all aspects of life. No, I, I love that. I love that you said it's an entrepreneurial mentality because, you know, obviously you're dealing with the pain now, but there must have been a reason you did it or a reason you decided to run a half marathon. Was it just to challenge yourself or was there another reason? It's the third one that I've done now. And I feel like after you've done a couple that it would get a little bit easier. But then I realized the first one I did was nearly seven years ago. And I'm not quite in my 20s anymore. So <laughs> it's always uh, one of those kind of putting everything's back into into check once it uh, happens. So, but it's okay. nice to set a goal and and you know stretch yourself and and see what you're capable of doing. Well, speaking of stretching yourself, you've certainly done that with Zipkick, right? The last time we were here, I remember you talking to me about the things you were doing. You you're explaining what's going on. But since you've been here, the influencer world has just exponentially grown. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I'm very curious to see how you've stretched. Zipkick's uh, goals to work with freelancers and brands and what the landscape of the, the media and marketing world is now. Well, what's really fascinating is, is that influencers used to be just people that posted images on Instagram or people that maybe just had a blog. But now influencers are really becoming brands in and of themselves that are pretty diverse. Um, so you know, they're doing not only their blog stuff, but they're now doing videos, they're doing dines in person, meeting chefs, they're really kind of becoming something more than I think what anybody could have anticipated, you know, 10 years ago, um, when really celebrities were the only ones that had uh, true influence other than just word of mouth with you and your friends. And the biggest thing is, is that now what we're starting to see are a lot of the trends in terms of businesses are recognizing that influencers are here to stay, but that influencers are part of their overall media mix. And I think that's the part where now brands are really starting to understand that if you want to deploy a strategy for your company, you need to not only do a little bit of the influencer stuff, but you need to do a ton of other stuff as well to make sure that you're hitting all of your spots where the customers could be. Hmm. Well, and so and then how does that even work? Because with, there's a lot of noise, right? Uh, and people sometimes feel like, oh, well, I want to be an influencer, so I'm just going to do this. How do brands then decipher who can actually attract an audience? How do influencers then um, build an audience, you know, where people can have different options? I'm just curious on the two-pronged approach because I notice a lot of people say they want to be influencers and then, you know, they come across the wall because someone is already doing what they're doing. And then brands kind of don't know who to go with. And then what's the first tier, second tier, or third tier? So the thing is that there are no shortage of influencers. That's never going to be the issue because of where we're at now today. I mean, you have millions and millions of people that either consider themselves influencers or identify as a micro or macro influencer of sorts. So there's no shortage. It's figuring out who actually speaks authentically to your audience. So for example, one of our current clients is a all natural gum company. And when you think about all natural gum, you're thinking, okay, fine, lifestyle, maybe some health and wellness because it's better for you than, you know, a lot of the preservatives in traditional gum. 
But what's also really interesting is that product in particular is not only gluten-free, but it's also friendly for celiacs. So you start to think about products like that. And for us, we really want to get those into the hands of the people that are struggling to find new products, right? If you're a celiac, you already have so many things that you can't eat that if we can start to expose you to traditional products that are now made friendly for you and whatever your dietary restrictions are, it opens up that product to a whole new audience that may have no idea that that product even exists. So it's really you know putting that thoughtful alignment to how brands are connecting with their audiences with the communication vehicle being influencers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's such a good breakdown of that. Okay. Uh, now from your lens, okay. You alluded to it earlier. You said micro macro influencers. What are the different tiers in, 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 in the influencer game and how much really can influencers charge in today's world? Well, influencers seem to want to charge whatever they want to charge. But I mean, <laughs> the reality of it is, is that, you know, we've paid upwards of $4,000 for an individual post before. And, you know, it, it was the right person. It was the right size of an audience. Um, very well-known um, chef in the vegan world. You know, things like this, if it's not just, you know, you can find a million people that fit that profile, the scarcity of who the influencer is and who they represent really will determine the price. Your common foodie today, right, there's a lot of foodie accounts that exist on Instagram. That's really where Instagram took off was in a lot of these visually stimulating uh, images, right? So that's food, that's fashion, that's travel. So there's a ton of profiles. The biggest thing is, is that it's speaking authentically to your audience. And in order to do that, you really have to build a relationship with the audience and constantly give to them. And not only that, but also respond when they reach out. So that's what we really try to look for are the people that, you know, for example, they just have that trust already established. So back to your question on micro macro, basically 50,000 followers is kind of the cusp of where you get into the macro versus the micro. Um, anything kind of sub 50,000 is where we like to play um, because a lot of the folks less than 50,000 represent themselves. They're not going through an agency. They don't have uh, somebody who's their representative or agent. Um, it's just a lot easier to uh, do the activations and also work with them on more of a personal basis. All right. No, thank you for explaining. Now, with, for someone that does uh, public speaking, someone that does maybe talks about global issues and talks about what, let's say, you know, environmentalism, diversity, inclusion, someone's doing something about motivational event. Would Are those people maybe like a Gary Vee or someone like that? Or are those people considered influencers or are brands looking for people like that? Because a lot of times it seems, at least from my end, this is where you can help uh, with me clarity. I see a lot of comedians. I see a lot of um, fashion influencers, athletic influencers, you know, food influencers. But I haven't seen a lot of, you know, I guess activists, <laughs> for lack of a better word, as influencers. And so I'm always curious about that. Is there an appetite for brands to work with people like that? So what's really interesting is, is that brands like to kind of play Switzerland, right? Which is this neutral sort of footprint more often than not, where they're not going to stir up controversy if there's somebody that kind of straddles that line. Um, when you get into people that are more of kind of the top tier influencers, I always start to wonder, do they genuinely like these products? Now, when you, you work with the, the moms and the call it beauty uh, and fashion influencers, a lot of these folks, 
they'll tell you straight away what they're using or how they're using these products or if they'd use these products again because there's no backlash to that, right? If a celebrity comes out and says, oh, I really don't like this product, there's that's very damaging to a brand, right? So I feel like you really get a lot more of that authentic feedback on whether or not this product works or doesn't work or that it's good for you or it's not good for you when you get into the lower level influencers because there are no repercussions if they tell you the truth. So you know, that's really what you need to think of as a brand. Now, when you talk about Gary Vee, he has sponsorships that he does with with companies. Um, absolutely an influencer and absolutely somebody who creates a, a ton of engaging content. With that being said, there are a ton of brands that simply can't afford somebody like that. Um, you know, to, to get somebody like that, my guess is that you've got to be six figures plus to even start to have a conversation with somebody of that magnitude regarding, let's say, a brand ambassador role or somebody who represents your company uh, in the public spotlight. So a lot of times companies, if they want to strategically deploy their funds and do it in a in a way that's going to stretch that budget, they're working with sub 50,000 follower accounts. Yeah, no. And, and I guess the guy reason this um, one of my favorites is Jay Shetty and people like that. They, it seems like um, like you said, a lot of brands like to play Switzerland. So if you're able to tell your story and build a following organically, uh, the brands will then come to you if they honestly feel like your audience is uh, something that they, 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 you know, that they want to have. And so if I guess for Jay Shetty, it's the millennials and the Gen Zers and people who are aspiring to be better people. And so a brand that would like to work with probably Jay Shetty will probably be more aspirational and it wouldn't be the, I guess, the typical commercial brands. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting is, is that when you deal with people such as Jay, and I'm familiar with his content, what you really want to do is you want to organically place things in the yeah. shots yeah. that are part of more of a lifestyle routine. And that's really where we're trying to recommend brands go because, you know, consumers are now smart enough, right? They've seen social media ads for a long time that now they're a little bit more in tune with what looks right and what doesn't. So you really have to find ways like, I couldn't believe it. Yesterday, I saw an advertisement. It had to be one of the best advertisements I've seen in the last five years plus. Budweiser, out of all companies. And yeah. yes, you know Budweiser is known for doing their Super Bowl commercials and all this other kind of stuff. But if you get a chance to see it, they basically did, I think it was like a three or four minute piece on uh, Dwayne Wade. And I, saw it. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, and I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, but I remember watching the Miami Heat just played uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, which is I'm from Minnesota. And I was watching and at the end he swapped jerseys with Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm like, OK, that's kind of interesting, but you don't see it that often. Not knowing that behind the scenes that he's been swapping jerseys with all of these players across the league, basically in representation of his you know, retirement at the end of the season. But bringing in those five individuals that he changed their lives, and he had no idea, Budweiser brought them in, but the way that it had nothing to do with Budweiser. It had everything to do with connecting people over a moment that had emotion. And that in itself, that's the new form of marketing. That's brilliant. Okay, I love that. I love storytelling. It's so important to me. And I think if you can connect to that emotion, it's, it's great. Um, so yeah, no, it's good to see that the trend is going there. Uh, let's talk about something that's very important. This is something that I love, diversity. Uh, and inclusion. That's, you know, essentially what I I do and what I've, I've built my bread and butter on because I, I believe that we need to create more inclusive environments, but also represent the diversity of the world that is. So how do you build a diverse global influencer community? How well, is that? 
when we first started years ago building Zipkick from literally zero, I was doing all the interviews one-on-one with the influencers in order to really vet the type of people that we wanted to build our culture around. So finding the best people from all demographics around the world, because I truly believe that you don't have a real community unless the world is represented at the table within your community. So I look at it as kind of like the United Nations. If I'm going to build a community, I want to make sure that every place is represented at the table, because that's where the thoughts come together. That's where the you know suggestions and, you know, we should do this. No, we should do this. You want to be able to have the different angles to understand where you should be going next because you don't want to be walking down that tunnel that's dark without a flashlight, right? You want people along the way being able to give you their their feedback on what's working and what's not working. But ultimately, your job as an entrepreneur or somebody building a community is really to make sure that everybody has a voice. And not only that, but you connect people. So whenever people travel around the world, I often get messages or people will post within our community, hey, I'm going here. Is anybody uh, around? Does anybody have restaurant recommendations or uh, bar recommendations or cafes? But people are now connecting with each other because they feel comfortable around the culture that we've built. That's how you know that you've done it right. And we're getting people from all over the world. I mean, a lot of people... English is a second, third, sometimes even fourth language in our community, which I think is a beautiful thing. That's true. That's true. And uh, wow. So then if that's the case, I mean, you and I can see that. You and I understand that. Why do other organizations um, fail to realize that? Why do you feel like that's not something that's a priority to them? Because it's very hard to do. I, mm-hmm. I, I did nearly a thousand phone interviews to seed this community with the right people. That is not easy. That is not scalable. But I knew that the, the foundation for building the community had to be with the right people, because ultimately, that's how you get judged by new people that come in. They look at the community and they say, oh, is there anybody like me there? It's a little weird if nobody is, right? You don't want to be kind of that one person that's like, wow, I'm the only X person. You fill in the blank here in this community out of thousands of people. Something's wrong here, right? So, yeah. you know, for me, I couldn't think about the alternative, right? For us, it was, you got to get it right. And you got to get it right in a very personal way. I still have people that reach out and say, hey, are you still doing interviews? Because this was known that this is how we built the community. Well, now, I mean, I stopped having to do those a couple of years ago, but I feel very comfortable that now, based on who's referring who into the community, that we have a really high value that we're attracting. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that you brought up the the amount of work it takes, because that's when I work with clients, I always talk about uh, people and tell them how they need to rise above the work because CEOs would would bring me in and they'll they'll talk about how they want to get to a particular demographic uh, ratio. And then the number one question I always ask them is, are you willing to do the work? It's one thing to say it, but you're going to have to make it even more intentional than you think, because the way the systems have been set up, it's easier for you to look and find a certain type of, of person. But if you really want uh, to, to build trust in communities that have, have grown to maybe distrust you or don't even know that this is an option, you're going to have to actually build relationships and extend and go out there, ask for referrals. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, startup programs, maybe even take a, 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 some uh, costs at first. But that's when I usually, I usually get people say, well, I didn't realize it's going to be that much. Maybe I'm not ready for that yet. And that's, you know, that's where people say, I want to choose profits versus people. And the reality of it is this, is that if you're not getting the applicants or you're not attracting the people organically, then you need to self-reflect on what your company is doing to even allow people to feel safe and comfortable in your space. You know, there are companies that I would never apply for ever, no matter what, right? Because the culture Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense, right? And, and I can say that as somebody who has never been in a situation per se, that I'm like, oh, there's nobody in the room that's like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of that coin, but the reality of it is, is that companies have a responsibility to make people feel comfortable and safe in their environment. And you have to do the work ahead of just, hey, we're going to go out and start recruiting people that hit this you know, number that we're trying to hit. Even if they come in, they're smart enough to look around your your environment and say, something just doesn't quite make sense here, right? Like, am I kind of the pawn that's being used as, you know, I need to hit a number? That's a little awkward. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. And (laughs) when it gets awkward, it obviously cuts down on the retention rate because uh, and, and how people feel included in the company, which is something that people don't normally see. But that's that's. Really, what it is? If you don't see yourself up there, you might just, you know, you might not even actually uh, promote the brand outside right. of your your company in a good way, which affects your employer brand, and then you start to wonder why people don't want to hire you or people don't want to come to your brand. Um, an extension of that is company culture. So, since you've been so intentional about the community that you've built with Zipkick, how uh, how has that created a unique company culture for you? So what's really fascinating is, is that I think people come into the community solely with the intention of, I want to meet new people. And Mm. then they start to meet people and they go, wow, there's a lot of really awesome people here. When I go travel, I want to meet more people. And then people want to get more involved to the point that we started up an ambassador program about six months ago, really starting to put some shape to this. And now we have 22 ambassadors around the world, including Australia, the Philippines, Canada, the U.S., and we start to think about, you know, what, why did this happen, right? It happened because people want to see Zipkick be a part of their city. We work with charities pro bono, not because we make any money off of this. We lose money by working with charities, but that's not the point. The point is, is that you're trying to impact the local communities that you're a part of, right? Leave them a little bit better than the way that they were when you entered, Right. So when you start to lead with this sort of understanding of how the the company culture works, you want to be a part of that. I think most people want to be a part of something where they feel that they can jump in and make an immediate impact. And if they can see the fruits of their labor, that's going to attract more people to want to get involved. So 
all we want are basically people that are excited to bring people together. And that's really how you start to share memories because the experiences that you have over food and beverage, it's like this universal language that everybody speaks. When you share a meal with somebody, that's a memorable experience because you don't really remember the food per se, but you remember how you related or you connected to the people that you shared that meal with. And that's really where the special thing starts to come in is that I feel like people just experience it and it becomes super real. And getting people out from behind their devices is the best thing that our society can do today because I feel like we're so digital. We're so, you know, acquaintances. Oh, I know you by handle. Um, that's just not personal, right? You need yeah. to get out and meet people and interact and be social. Yeah, it's it's about humanizing, uh, you know, every experience you have. And the, what you were saying reminds me of that great Maya Angelou quote, and I hope I don't butcher it, but, you know, he said people – you know, don't usually remember how you, you look or, or what you do, but they remember um, how you make them feel. Something to that effect. Correct. And, and it's important that you do that. And I love the fact that you, I, you know, I'm relatively, I guess I would consider a micro-influencer based on the followers, but I, I get occasional requests from um, small agencies and things like that, but they don't come to me with the same uh, level of personalization as you just described or even a knowledge of what I do. It's usually um, they look at the numbers and they think, will try and get you any brand that works within those numbers. And it's not like, hey, we understand that you, this is what you care about, so we'll try and look for brands that, that work that way. So it's interesting um, hearing you talk about it this way, because I didn't even know that that, that existed. So uh, it's good to hear. It, but that's why, though, people leave other communities and they come join what we're doing, because it is very methodical in terms of, okay, I log in, I see something, I do something, okay, goodbye let me know the next time you have something. That's just not personal, right? The people aren't actually connecting with each other. Um, what's really interesting is, is that half of these companies, you don't even know who runs them. You yeah. can't get in contact with them, right? It's like a company I spoke with the other day, I think he set up the call as John Smith. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, maybe this is real, maybe it's not. I found <laughs> out, it, first of all, it was a fake name. Second of all, it was a Google voice number. Third of all, he's the only person based in the U.S., and he wouldn't tell me where the actual team members were. He told me they had offices in L.A. and Atlanta. I looked up one of the offices in L.A. It was a P.O. box, like a rented at USPS, right, just like one of the mailboxes that you can yeah. buy online. So, like, you know, like I think about that, and that's the reality of kind of what the digital landscape has become, right, is that there's a lot of a facade and, you know, people want to ultimately connect with each other as real human beings, not connect with somebody through a computer and be like, I don't know if you're running a scam on me, right? And that's true. you just have to be yourself and you have to be, you know, presented and you also have to be visible to people in order for them to want to be a part of something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that segues into the, the, the you know, my, my uh, questions here. So, your new platform allows freelancers uh, to uh, across the globe to connect and collaborate. Can you elaborate more on that? Because you touched it and you said people come to you for more of a personal approach, but how are you even getting these freelancers to collaborate? Because that that's 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 like Nirvana. 
Influencer Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the whole thing is if we take a step back and we just look at kind of the whole industry around whether it's freelancers or, you know, influencers really fall into that whole freelancers category. Right, right. You have companies, let's say like a Fiverr or Upwork, right? And what they basically do is just freelancers on one side, I'm a business on one side or somebody who needs something, let's say a logo, and I get it done and we go our ways and I never see or talk to you again, Right nor do I have any idea who you are, to be honest. Um, but the reality of it is, is that that can't just be a one-way track for how we do things, right? You go to one place, I need a freelancer. I go to another place, I need a social media influencer. I go to another place, I need SEO. I go to another place, I need digital ads. Like there is no marketplace where somebody can go and actually do all of these things in one spot. And our entire theory is, is that if you build a marketplace around content creators, freelancers, people with a wide range of skills, you ultimately attract people that want to collaborate on these things. One yes. thing for me personally is I want to get better at doing professional photography. So me being able to connect with somebody who that's what they do, that's their job, and they also happen to love food, that's the perfect connection, right? And now yes. you can basically get connected to anybody 24 hours a day around the world through the community, and they're, they're trusted, qualified people, right? They're not just, you know, going to an Upwork and it's some guy or gal halfway around the world of which I have no context of who they are and there's no vetting really, right? They might have some reviews, but are those the same reviews that you see on Yelp? Like, can I trust them? So I think when you build a community that has a vetting process, there's kind of a gate that filters out who's legit and who's not. And then you layer on top of that people with real skills that can do a multitude of things. Now you start to feel very comfortable and you want to start to collaborate. You want to start to brainstorm ideas and you just let the magic take care of itself. But you've yeah. got to provide the environment for people to want to do these things. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and I can definitely see the reason behind that. Uh, one of the last questions that I do have here is around your particular career and what your view is on entrepreneurship. So for those listening, uh, Jason, CEO of Zipkick. Now, when Zipkick started, uh, it was the world's first personalized hotel search and booking platform. Then I believe it was in 2016 that, you know, there was a rebirth and then, you know, became an influencer recommendation app. And now it's what we just discussed. So part of being an entrepreneur, Jason, is transitioning, um, uh, listening to the market, understanding uh, how to adapt and adjust. What was it like for you to go through each of these transitions? What were the highs and what were the lows? It's incredibly difficult, right? Nobody wakes up and says, I want to pivot the entire company. Nobody would want <laughs> to do that. And, you know, but the thing is, is that I think about different things. I watch Shark Tank often, and I know some of that is scripted and, and whatnot. But the point being is, is like, for example, Barbara Corcoran on there said, um, her first business, she lost $40,000. But because of that business going the way it did, it opened up the ability for her to sell $1 billion in real estate. And I think about that, right? Like if your eyes and ears are open, right? And you're willing to make the difficult changes or you're willing to swallow your pride or you're willing to do things that are extremely difficult that you don't even know how you're going to get through it or A, uh, or B, rather, you know, how you're going to get through it once you actually, you know, commit yourself and say, I'm going to do this and make the change. You know, for us, we were listening to a market that really hadn't been formed, right? You're starting to see things rapidly change. 
And with an environment like we were in, whether it comes you know down to travel or influencers, there's been just a ton of changes in these industries over the last 10 years. And you have to listen to what the market is telling you. And for us, you know, we were we were seeing how the market was developing, and ultimately we found our sweet spot. When we built this influencer community and made sure it was highly vetted, that was great. But businesses wanted more than that. They wanted to, to be able to deploy all of their digital marketing in one place. They don't want to work with six different companies to run their business. They already have enough to do. So we started working on basically building all of this onto one platform to really make that easy and efficient at scale to do these things. You don't know that you need to do these things, but you have to talk to your customers and understand what they want and build based on the need. And that's really what we did over the, the course of time is that we listened and just observed what was going on in the market. And you got you to gotta find your sweet spot and move because that window can close in a hurry. Understand what your customers want and build based on the need. Wow. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's really powerful. That's, that's incredible. So any aspiring entrepreneur right now, regardless of industry, it's really being able to listen and, and, and understand how to provide based on that need and maybe, you know, make a bit of both. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, uh, innovators who have an idea that they know will solve a problem. But you also have to make sure that you test it out initially to just see if it actually will solve the problem that you think it's going to solve. Correct. Correct. And that's yeah. the biggest thing is, is that if something's not working, talk to your customers. Ask them what, what works, what doesn't work. Where do they see the value in their business? Would they buy it again if you gave it to them, you know, at the same price? You know, you got to talk about all of these things and, and you've got to make sure that you're making changes along the way, no matter how difficult they are, because that's how you stay in business. Yeah. Well, how did you come up with your price? I think, is it 349 or something? So we started, and I'm glad that you remember this. We actually started off at 99 and 199 as our pricing. And then we went to 349 for our kind of standard influencer package. And what's really interesting is, is that we started seeing as part of that package, brands were only utilizing about 80% of what was in that package. But what they did want, they wanted more influencers and the ability to do more things with them. Okay. Um, so what's really you know, fascinating to us is, is that we put together these packages and we started to see, you know, what were they using? What were they not using? And we've been optimizing over the course of time now. And now we're starting to get into bigger levels of influencers that they can tap into. So our pricing starts today at 500 bucks, but now it includes much bigger influencers. And it also allows a wider array of influencers to select from. So, you know, for us, we were just listening to what they, you know, said that they wanted or how they wanted to use the service. And we ultimately optimized the packages and the pricing accordingly. Right. And is this for the brands? Is it the brands that pay this or the influencers? To the... The, the brands that pay this. And then there's paid opportunities for the influencers. There's also products, events, tickets, all sorts of things that we do for the influencers as well. Um, just always make sure that we're providing value for them. Gotcha. Is there a threshold for influencers to join your community? There isn't a, a set threshold per se. We really just want to attract high quality people that have amazing content and that are doing cool things. If you're a chef, if you're a sommelier, mixologist, lifestyle, you know, you're a mother, father, you know, we want a diverse group of people. And if you have something to add in terms of value to the community, we're going to say yes, it, it, it would be uh, in our best interest to do so. So uh, we want to attract everybody. As long as you're a great person, you can add value. And that, that's awesome. So they can just, they can sign up by going to zipkick.com. 
That's correct. So we have zipkick.com. There's an influencers tab. Then there's a sign up right there um, that allows them to put in their information. Um, and then we typically process those in a couple of days. Um, at least we try to. Uh, the volume gets pretty heavy at times. So I can imagine. <laughs> um, you know, we, we try to keep up as best as possible. But a lot of the way people come in are they see it in, in people's bio. And, and also the hashtag zipkick has now been used over 120,000 times on Instagram. So a lot of people find us through that. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is this is this is pretty good. I'll make sure I put all this in the show notes. But I, I wanted to give you a chance to share anything you wanted to share before we go to the last question. No, I just I appreciate your time, and you know it's such a pleasure to be able to form relationships with people that understand the value in community building, um, how yeah. to actually you know help that community evolve um, in terms of the people, but also the local communities and having an impact on them and giving back to the businesses that are helping these communities grow. Um, so I just appreciate the fact that, you know, we've always been aligned on these topics. Um, so it's a lot easier to, to discuss these things. Okay. Okay. Well, the last question is a question you answered last time you're here, but it's my mission statement, which is use your difference to make a difference, which is also the title of the book. So I'm going to plug, if you want to pre-order, you can pre-order. Ah, but, um, uh, how do you, uh, Jason, use your difference to make a difference? It's it's the hardest question, but also one of the best questions. And I remember this from last time because so for me, it's there's the entrepreneurial side and there's kind of the, you know, personal goals, initiatives, that sort of thing. So what I try to do is, is I whenever I get a chance to meet with the influencers, they always have a ton of questions. How do I start a business? How do I grow a business? How do I get people to know what I do? So I really try to show them this is what you do and pay it forward in that respect. So um, I believe that the small businesses within especially the United States are the cornerstone for how our economy is going to continue to evolve. And you have to pay it back to the people that you were there at one point in time. So uh, my biggest thing is don't forget about the people that are trying to go through the same path that you are. Um, you know, don't just try to target the people that are above your pay grade. All right. All right. Just the, the, the this mere act of remembering where you came from and people that have been there before uh, keeps you humble. And it's one of the ways you use your difference to make a difference. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And go pre-order Teo's book. You have yes. To and go go sign up to zipkick.com. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> your time. The pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.